Turn in your Bibles, please, to Romans 6, verses 8 through 11. I meant to add one more verse to the, uh, the New Testament lessons, Romans 6, 8 through 11. And this is the very Word of God. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So also, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. In an overwhelming ocean of spiritualities everywhere. This series of messages is called Organic Spirituality. And that is because you cannot earn a relationship with God. You cannot build a relationship with God and all the spiritualities and all the techniques and all the seven-story mountains and all the ladders and, and all of the spiritualities will not give us a relationship with God. No, it's organic because it is given to us by God through what He has done. You know what organic spirituality is? It's the gift of Jesus. It's the very life of God in our souls. I mean, think about that for a minute. Isn't that, isn't that a happy thought? I mean, doesn't that sound good to have God living on the inside for us to have union with God and for Him to love us from the inside? And today we will see that in salvation that is in Christ, we get all of Him all at once. And the difference that that makes in our lives is enormous. It's not something we earn. It's not a trail that we blaze to try to get to God or to see His glory one day. He gives all of us at one time. And it is a whole new life. So I want to work off of this sentence this morning. We are united with Christ so we can live to God. We are united with Christ so we can live to God. Let's begin with this idea of being united with Christ. Uh, I want to start by asking this question. What is the number one way of describing believers in the New Testament? And I'll give you a hint. It's not the word Christian. The word Christian is used three times. In the Bible, and it's not used by Paul at all. But the words in Christ and in Him are used 161 times. So do you think there's maybe a little clue to the importance of union with Christ, of being in Christ, of being in Him 161 times? And I could read you a bunch of them. Uh, how about Romans 8, 1? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
This is a central teaching of the Bible that we really don't know as much about as we should called union with Christ. And what it simply means is this. It means we are in Christ and Christ is in us. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. You can't get any closer to Christ than being in Christ. The great Reformation theologian of the 20th century, John Murray, said that union with Christ is, quote, the central truth of the whole teaching of salvation. Another theologian called it the, the necklace that all the, the other things that we know about our salvation hang on this necklace, like justification and sanctification and glorification. It's all because of our union with Christ. And it, it is here in Romans chapter 6. We died with Christ. We rose with Christ. We are now living in Christ. So let's go back a few verses before our text in Romans 6, verses 3 through 5. And uh, what we'll see is that Paul uses an illustration of, of what this is, is like. And he uses the illustration of baptism. Baptism as, as a symbol of what it means to have our old lives dead and buried and our new lives, our, our kind of Easter lives, our resurrection lives, brand new with Christ. And, and we need to understand um, we are not just represented by Christ in his death and resurrection this passage says, yes, we are represented by Christ. He did this for us, but we are in Christ. There's a connection. We are in Christ in his death and resurrection. So listen for the words, in him and united to him. Romans 6, 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as, as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Y'all, this is exciting. This is for real. This isn't just a set of doctrines. This isn't just something we believe. This is something that has happened. This is the love of God for us to bring us into union with him so that we can be in Christ. And we're going to talk about how being in Christ just makes all the difference in the world. So we aren't just forgiven by Jesus. We're not just set free by Jesus and what he has done. This is not just goods and services of salvation that Jesus renders. Yes, we are forgiven by what he has done on the cross. We are set free by what he's done on the cross and the new life that we have in the resurrection. But here's the point. We get him. We get him. We are united to him forever. Now, in, in kind of doing the study for this, 
one of the things that was pointed out and that I, I realized too is that we evangelical, kind of Protestant evangelical, meaning Bible-believing, conservative Christians, we evangelical Christians have a tendency sometimes to separate the work of Christ from Christ himself. We tend to think of this kind of process of redemption and all the things that Christ has done for us and how when we receive that process, when we receive that, that, that is what Christ gives us. And, uh, and sure enough, there is a process and Christ really has become a man and he really has died and, and, and was raised in a body according to the scripture and he really did represent us. But we need to think in terms not just of what Christ has accomplished for us and what he offers us, but we need to think that by faith we not only receive the benefits of his work, we must receive Christ. We receive the living, resurrected Christ into our lives. Now we have Christ. Now we live with the Son of God. Now we are, are in Christ. And this union with Christ is so important. You know, uh, it, it talks about closeness. The word in uh, is not the normal word for in. It's the word ice. It means, uh, English would be E-I-S, ice. And it means into. Meaning you can't get any closer. It's it's into. Kind of like I am the vine and you are the branches. And we the branches are grafted into the vine. Can't get any closer than grafted into the vine. And we're going to spend an entire Sunday on what it means for Jesus to be the the vine and for us to be the branches and, and what that is like to abide in him or to live in him. But here's the point. This is a living relationship. This is Christ living his resurrection life inside of us. Salvation salvation isn't just made possible by a person. Salvation is in a person. And our lives are hidden in God in Christ. Sinclair Ferguson says being joined to, to Jesus is the whole point of the gospel. For this is the design of the gospel. That Christ may become ours and that we might be engrafted into him so we are united with christ it's more than just what christ offers it's him and a living relationship with him living in us and us in christ we are united to christ so secondly we can live to god so we can live to god this is the motivation and the power for christian living that we are in Christ. Verse 8, our text. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives 
to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. See, in Christ Jesus leads us just like Christ himself, who is raised to live this life, never to die again, this life to God in the glory of the Father. And we also are to live to God in Christ. Union with Christ changes everything. Changes everything. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. I don't know about y'all, but that is great news. Rather than trying to build this spirituality, rather than putting it just all on ourselves to to be good enough in our own minds, to, to try to do the right things all the time, to try to make the right decisions all the time. Yes, we want to please God in our lives. But we are us. And we are not Christ. But Christ is in us. And He is living within us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, one of my favorite verses. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There's something new. There's something dynamic. And it's a life in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is brand new. And Christ lives within him. This changes everything about who we are. Being in Christ and Christ living in me, this is the engine that drives our love for Jesus. This is the engine that drives our desire to live to God, or we say to the glory of God. It's because of Christ living within us. The great Reformation theologian Martin Luther, uh, whom y'all witnessed, and I want to say it's good to have y'all back. Um, In 1518, in the city of Heidelberg, Germany, uh, there's what's called the Heidelberg Disputation. And in the the Heidelberg Disputation, which was the Augustinian, the Order of Augustinian Monks, where the Catholic Church said, could y'all just get together and could y'all straighten him out? And so they kind of let his own order straighten him out. Well, let me tell you, at the Heidelberg Disputation, he straightened them out. And there he is holding forth in front of all these people in his, the the order of his, you know, his ordination, uh, the, the Augustinian order. And he says, you know, you want to be a good theologian? You want to be a bad theologian? He literally uses the word good theologian and bad theologian. He's not known to really mince words and be elegant. He says, Let me just tell you the difference between a good theologian and a bad theologian. A bad theologian, he says, is all about what what he called that day the theology of glory. And a good theologian is about what he called the theology of the cross. And so suddenly, here is this doctrine that just kind of flips everything in in medieval Catholicism. And, and is it going to be, he says, for you in your life, a theology of glory or the theology of the cross? A theology of glory, he said, is, is how by real dedication we, we try to serve, we, we pursue this spirituality, we try to become more and more holy so that we can see the glory of God. 
And the mystics are a whole lot like this. And, and, and still to this day, the church of Rome struggles with this. That we, by our dedication, will, will see God's glory. And, and, and one day we'll have the, what's called the beatific vision, the, the vision of, of God's glory. But that comes through a theology of dedication and a theology of glory. But a theology of the cross, he says, is different. Theology of the cross is this. God found you. God found you. It's not a seven-story mountain to God. You don't work your way to see the glory of God. God has come to you. He became one of us. He united himself with you in his death. He was raised for you and united to you. And Luther says famously that you would never look for the glorious God of heaven on a bloody Roman cross. I mean, that's why people don't get it, right? I mean, you're talking about coming to know God. We're talking about the one who made everything, heaven and earth. We're talking about the glorious one that you can't look at and live. Really? He's on a bloody Roman cross being put to death by creatures? Really? Oh, yes. He is hidden in his humility and humiliation and his love beyond our description because he left heaven, because he became one of us, because he died for us and we, our old man, died in him and he was raised for us and we were raised in him. You see, you want to see God's glory, you put your trust in what Jesus has done for you on the cross, you receive the risen Christ and you get all of God. You get the whole Christ. Then... You can live a life of dedication and love and you can grow into all that God has already given you. This is a huge difference. We, we don't serve him in order to have him. We have him in order to serve him. Union with Christ so that we can live to God. And here it is, being united to Christ, out of having all of him, we want to love him. We want to honor him. We want to serve him. And can you see how important it is to go back to the central doctrine of the, the humili humility of God and the sacrificial love of God on our behalf so that we can not just we can maybe just stop judging kind of where we are or whatever and just go back to the fountainhead that cool clear fountainhead of God's grace that is located only in Christ and flows so freely now whether we continue to drink from that love and grace and truth and, and kind of grow in the grace that we've been given. That's another matter. But, but Christ has not held anything back from us. God has come to us as a man through the cross and we died with him, we are raised with him, and we can now live to him. This is good news because what it means 
is that you simply cannot, objectively, objectively, you simply cannot get any closer to God than you are when you put your trust in Christ and receive Christ. You just can't. You have all of Christ. And there's all these theologies about the second this and the third that. And if you just surrendered this and if you just did that. And there's kind of the, there's kind of the, the A train for Christians and the B train for Christians. There's kind of the high road and the low road. And there's the, the really spiritual people and the, there's the rest of us Christian schleps. No. No, everybody who's put their trust in Jesus and has received him. If you've put your trust in him, if you've received, you have all of Christ. You have union with Christ. Christ is in you and you are in Christ you may not sense this closeness but you have it I think it was Lee that was praying earlier about though we don't feel it you understand whether we feel something does not validate its existence I'm not feeling God today does that mean God doesn't exist I don't think so it maybe means you didn't get enough sleep I don't know what it means but our feelings don't invalidate what is real And we cannot be any closer to God objectively than being grafted into God and having total union with God. And and God's given all of us all of His grace. He's giving all of His love, all of His truth, all, all, all to me and to you through union with Christ. I mean, it is an amazing, amazing thing. Rory Shiner, an Australian Reformed scholar, In his book entitled One Forever, it's a book obviously about union with Christ, One Forever, he says this, and I I just love it. He says, grasping the nature of our union for Christ challenges the very nature of, quote, getting close to God. We say, I want to get closer to God. And union with Christ says, really? He goes on to say, if you know yourself to be in Christ then surely now, you are now presently in all your brokenness as close to God as it is possible for any person to be because you are in Christ. He goes on to say, I understand that our sense of being close to God fluctuates wildly. I know that the Bible commends us to draw near to God. Hebrews 10, 22 and it is right to grow in our subjective experience of closeness to God, but not in our objective experience. Here's the good news. It is what it is. God's not going to withdraw from you. Christ isn't going to take His atonement back from you. He's not going to take the resurrection back from you. You, if you've put your trust in Him, what He's done and received Him, you have Christ. Ice into Christ, grafted in, close, everything that is needed. Objectively, this is fixed. And thank God it can't be budged by us. And by having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, thank God it can't be budged by us by having a great day, a great week, or a great month. It's fixed. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. And we must focus on this amazing fact 
that we have union with Christ, we, we need to daily go back to the, the cool, clear headwaters of this gospel, this good news, this union with Christ, this adoption as sons that is forever and is all we need today. And this is affected by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God is working in us to exalt that gospel, to exalt Jesus, and to make Him dear to us. And for us to see how objectively close, can't get closer, God has come to us. And the motivation and power that enables us to live to God And by the way, we're going to have some sermons that kind of talk about how we deal with sin in um, union with Christ. Today I just want us to grasp the, the concept of dying with Christ, rising with Christ, living with Christ, and living to Christ. We're going to get there. But the motivation and the power for this, I mean, we, we see this. If you'll go back to our text, it, it basically tracks a parallel between Jesus' resurrection and his motivation and, and the power of resurrection in his life, so to speak, and therefore ours. If you look at verse 9 again, we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Verse 10, for the death he died, he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to god and so see there's a conjunction there and so also you must consider yourselves because of him dead to sin and alive to god in christ jesus what is union with christ it simply is i am located if i've put my trust in what christ has done and received the living Christ into my life, and this brought about by the Holy Spirit, it simply means that I am located in Christ. And Christ is in me right now and forever. This is why when we sin, we can desire to repent because He's not withdrawing from us. He is not withdrawing his love from us. We can trust this crucified God. We know he loves us. We would have never looked for him in a bloody Roman cross, but we heard the gospel, and there he is. And we say, I can trust that kind of a Savior who has sacrificed everything for me, to be with me forever. So in faith, let your heart rest in Christ. Let your heart sing in Christ. Let your heart move forward just a step today in faith, living in Christ to God. Rejoice in union Live in this union, repent in this union, worship in this union, and share the wonder of this union with others. This indestructible union, this indestructible love, this indestructible new resurrection life that is in union 
with Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, and can it be, and can it be that you, my God, would die for me? You did. We still can't get over it. That's why we have never spotted you on a Roman cross. Because we couldn't rise to you through spiritualities of glory. To work in order to see your glory so you came down. And Jesus, thank you that you gave yourself to claim us so that we might have all of you. And behold your glory with unveiled face, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you never put your trust in what Christ has done for you on the cross, and you see that you can't get there on your own, and you want to know God through union with Him, pray with me, Lord, I see it and I want to turn away from everything that I have called spirituality, everything I've called religion, everything I've called Christianity. I want to turn away from my sin and my trying to control it. I want to put my trust, Jesus, in what you have done for me. That this crucifixion has taken my sin away, has nailed it to the cross, and I bear it no more. What you have done in your resurrection, that not only am I forgiven, but I am free and I have been given new life. And Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life. Thank you that you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. And Lord, many of us have walked with you for quite some time and we, we just wrestle so mightily. If our wrestling were to take on an audible quality and we could just hear it out of our hearts here in this sanctuary, it would be so loud. But you are God, our husband. Lord, you, you have mercy on your bride. You have mercy on those that you have union with. And Lord, we, we just bring these things that amount to dust that were formerly so shiny. We bring them and put them at your feet saying that your love is better than life. Lord, would you help us to be able to repent and return to the fundamental cool, clear headwaters of grace in the risen Christ who died for us. Oh Lord, we pray that even at this moment of prayer, you would encourage a soul. That you would ignite the actual recognition of the gospel of Christ in me and me in Christ. And Lord, that you would not only ignite, but fan this into a beautiful flame of love and intimacy and ministry. Thank you, Lord, that we behold your glory in Christ. Thank you that we get to grow into all that Christ is and all that you've given us. And thank you one day that we will see you face to face and all because of you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.